A poor soul of noble origins, a squire tested in battle, a knight errant forged in Camelot, a man strengthened by love. Join Adam as Sir Gulliston and Craig as the Game Master in Blood and Lust, a King Arthur Pendragon duet game of chivalry and mythic adventure. Let us win glory for our king, who will reward us with honors and lands, and the devil take the hindmost. Uh, now that you're a knight, a couple of cool things happen. Uh, I need you to take out your pencil and your character sheet. All right, I got it. All right, the first thing that happens is you see where you have loyalty lord? Yes. So I'm going to uh, change this, this up again. So what's your value for loyalty lord? 15. So you're going to actually change loyalty lord 15 to fealty sir ghost. <laughs> Oh, let me change that again. Fealty, Sir Gregor, and make that 15. Fealty is F-E-A-L-T-Y. Okay, and does that um, does that replace uh, Loyalty Lord? It does. Okay. So Loyalty is now being split between Fealty and your new passion, which is going to be Homage to Arthur, and we're going to generate that right now. That will be 3D6 plus 2. 12, not bad. Yeah, so you, you like Arthur okay. He's a, he seems like a cool guy. Obviously, you like uh, Sir Gregor a little bit more, but now you just basically spawned another passion because, you know, this is the guy that knighted you, and you did swear homage to him and fealty to Sir Gregor. You're... And I definitely felt the magic when uh, when I was being knighted. He's probably yes. still kind of wiping uh, tears from his eyes and stuff like that, trying to, trying to still look very, like, manly, but... Um... You know, he, he can't he can't help it. He's, he's got like a, you know, he's very happy. Yeah. Speaking of magic, something else kicks in. This would be your chivalric knight bonus. Remember uh, you somehow rolled randomly and started with it? Chivalric knight bonus is you will have an additional three points of armor, no matter if you're like fully armored or completely naked, which is actually very, very good. It's almost like your chivalry is giving you plot armor. Very good. And now you're you're able to ride your horse around uh, the city for a little bit, but at some point it's time to bring him back to the stables. You've been to the stables here, but uh, yeah, this is the first time that you're kind of like out on your own as a knight in Camelot. You you, you bring it back to the stables, and there's a, a young lad who is eager to take the the reins from you as you enter. I'll uh, look down on the young lad and uh, hand off this fine horse that I'm very proud of. And I'm kind of like admiring it as he as he takes over the, the reins and, and leads it away. And I'm just kind of like looking at it and shaking my head with a big smile on my face, like still in disbelief almost. Uh, Tis a fine beast, uh, sir. Indeed it is. And then you're noticing that this... This kid, he's like 14 years old. He has kind of like a dirty blonde hair and he's like, he has like pimples all over his face and he looks kind of skinny and scrawny. He reminds you a little bit of yourself at that age. He's just kind of still standing there and he's like, uh, uh, now what? Well, what do you mean now what? Uh, do you have any other orders for me, sir? Colston, is it? And he's just kind of like looking at him with like a bit of a bemusement on his face of just like, 
you know, he's, he's waiting to see if I have any other demands of him. And he's just kind of like looking at the boy for a second. He goes, young man, what is your name? Uh, Baldrick. And his voice kind of pops. Uh, <clears throat> Baldrick, sir. And uh, he pats him on the shoulder and he's like, young Baldrick, I can truly say that I require nothing right now. And uh, Golestin just kind of looks out into the, uh, into just like the beautiful day in beautiful Camelot. Uh, will Sir be needing his horse for the rest of the day, or would you care for me to brush him down and take care of him? Yes, yes, Baldrick. Uh, brush him down and uh, take care of him. I believe I'm done riding for the day, and uh, Galston kind of like puts his hands on his hips and then takes a very big breath of the fresh air. <sighs> uh, very good. Uh, where would you like your pavilion set up? My pavilion? Uh, you have a tent, do you, sir? I think I do, right? Like a... Uh, uh, or is this a... Uh, yeah, I, I, um... So this is all new to you, sir. Yeah, this is, okay, all right, yeah, this is all just, like, uh, catching me completely off guard. And he's like, a, a pavilion? I, well, I suppose I, I don't have anything mustered together yet. Uh, very good. Um, if, if you care to, I can, uh, I can acquire one for you uh, no no need for you to be handling money like a common man and uh Golston kind of like scratches at the back of his neck just kind of like a little bit um unsure of like how to act in this situation and he's just like well yeah uh yeah thank you Baldrick that would uh that would be quite nice of you yeah your purse sir and uh I'm just gonna kind of like uh freeze for a moment and then just be like oh right of course and realize you're poor. <laughs> well, I uh, don't seem to have my funds with me at the moment. Uh, perhaps hold on those plans and uh, I'll reconvene with you when things are figured out more on my end. My apologies, Baldrick. Uh, very good. Um, anything that your humble squire can take care of then? Only one thing, Baldrick. Celebrate with me. And uh, uh, tonight, okay. I want you to drink your fill of wine. I want you to make sure that you eat all that you can in celebration of tonight in celebration of this fine kingdom. And um, Galston is like kind of, you know, he's, he's just like immediately kind of like looking like more stuffy and kind of like kind of boastful. I would maybe say even like okay. a proud type thing. Sure. Where, um, where will this food and such be coming from my night? And then it kind of dawns on you that uh, you're a knight now, and this guy's your squire, probably, and you're a poor knight, and don't have any of these riches. I mean, you're still being supported by Sir Gregor, but you're kind of, like, expected to manage your own squire and your own self. I, um, realizing this, I put my arm around Baldrick's shoulder, and I'm just like, well, the... The fine mints will be soon to come, my good Baldric. You see, for the the great Sir Amran has taken me into his favor and sees me fit to finance my my uh, further my further endeavors for the time being. And you, as my squire, Baldric, will surely reap the benefits. I see. Yes, uh, Sir Amran is a quite generous friend to have. Um... But for now, shall I make you a straw pallet in the stables? Ah, uh, yes, Baldrick. That seems 
That seems fitting. Yes, his uh his best trait is prudent. And uh as he works on this, Gulston will kind of chatter away to him, just Yes, Baldric, now that you're friends with me, things will be very different going forward. Very good, sir, as he's like getting the horse shit out of the bedding that you're probably gonna be sleeping in the, in the night. So uh, you could update on your character sheet that uh, you have a squire named Baldrick. I like it. Black Adder. <laughs> so the the days go on and towards like you, you still attend to Sir Gregor, but um, his personal needs are being met by, you know, other squires, The particularly the one who tried to steal your job a year ago by, you know, handing him the helmet and refreshments on the battlefield. But uh you know, that's that's his prom problem and his responsibility now. You're a full-fledged knight of your own. You check in with him every once in a while, but um basically he's like, Well, we'll we'll stay um uh, at least till uh the contest for the Queen's Knights, and then you could attend me on our progress back to Cambria. You do want to trial for the Queen's Knights, do you? He asks. I've been pondering it. I believe I might. Excellent, excellent. Well, they're they're meeting, uh, you know, on in the fields outside of the castle gate in a couple hours. Well, then surely I must join them. And uh, Golston kind of like raises his shoulders a little bit and just kind of like stands up straight to look uh look as big as he can. And it's not difficult because you are a big lad. In fact, you probably heard uh rumblings from the tailor when he picked up your clothes the other day that he had to use extra cloth for it oh that's perfect so yeah you, um you make your way outside and are are you dressing anyway you bringing anything with you to this you're not really quite sure what the contest will involve i'm kind of wondering yeah if i should wear i don't know if i should wear my like finery or if i should wear my armor or, or what the what the move is? Is there any way I could uh, try to see like what I know about what others will be doing, maybe through hearsay or what I could observe about this type of thing? Absolutely. Let's make a intrigue skill roll. Oof, nine on a five, no dice. No, I mean you're asking around, but this is still a relatively new thing, and like you're not sure who to ask because you ask some knights, but they like they've heard of it, but. They don't think a lot of you should be in with it or like you might be a little too too afraid to approach some round table nights, maybe something like that. But uh, I'm going to, I'm going to wear chain mail. Yeah. I'm going to wear chain mail and I'm going to hold the helmet. I'm not going to be like wearing it as I go in, obviously, but uh, yeah, I'm going to be wearing that like a chain mail and kind of like, I don't know if it would be weird to be like half geared up, but um I'm also just like thinking like it's a it's like he can't figure out if it's like a costume party or not. And he's like, I'm going to look like an idiot if I show up in a costume and I'm just like the only one. So he's like kind of just like, do I wear just clothes? Like, I don't. uh, But I think he's going to like maybe wear just like his typical pants and just like have like this chainmail shirt on over it. So that if it's he's just like under under, uh, you know. If it's under, it's whatever. But if he's just like looks like a fool for having brought this, he can just take it off and uh, have have a uh, baldric hold it. 
Excellent. Are you bringing a horse? You bringing your squire? I am bringing my squire. I'm not going to bring the the. Actually, I am going to bring the horse. Of course, this uh, there could be riding involved in this. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm bringing uh, Baldric and the horse. So you've actually acquired a couple horses. Now you have a nice brown charger. You have a palfrey, which is a riding horse. You have a another palfrey, which is the horse that uh, Baldrick will probably be riding. And you have uh, old fella, the trusty Sumter. He'd been willed over to you. I think uh, me and Baldrick are both going to ride the uh, palfreys. Yeah, that's a that's a you know pretty good middle ground because you don't really know what's going on here. You throw your chainmail on and, you know, mount up on your chart up your palfrey and Baldrick follows suit at, um, at your lead and you head out um, inside the gates and, you know, you see a couple of um, knights, a few of them brought horses. Like there's like a pavilion um, set up and instantly you, you recognize um, your old friend, Sir Amran, who's kind of palling around with uh, G- Gawain and he kind of waves at you and uh, says, what are they wearing? Oh, they're wearing their finest. None of them are wearing armor. You're the only one in armor. Yep, I take it off and uh, hand it over to Baldrick, and I'm just like, now listen, my my young lad, do not get this dirty, and by by no means lose this item. Protect this with your life. Uh, absolutely, sir. Let's um, let's go. Like, did you take that off while on horseback, or did you dismount and then do that? Or I dismounted and I was like, cover me, Baldrick. And ah, and the shirt uh, and the clothing you have under is it uh, your your nice new clothes um, or the white outfit or is it your grubby old stuff? Grubby old stuff. I'm ready to. I'm ready to. Uh, yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I want to be more functional than. Uh, I don't okay. want to ruin my stuff in the mud like. Yeah. S- r- straight away, you know. Yeah, Sir Amron's wearing the same uh, dark blue cloak that he had on earlier. Uh, Gwen looks radiant and green. Definitely his color. Um, yeah, they're kind of just like uh, chatting around. And uh, uh, Sir Amron uh, comes over. He's like, oh, oh, Sir Golestan. Didn't uh, didn't my tailor reach you? Amron, my apologies. That's oh, sorry, Sir Amron, my apologies. It's uh, my first time attending an event such as this. And I must admit, I was not quite sure what to do. Oh, let me. Let me let me educate you a little bit. So I know you're you're a young knight and you're you're a good lad. Uh, Sir Gregor thinks the world of you. Otherwise, he wouldn't have he wouldn't have sprung for the the good stuff. Indicating the uh, the chainmail that uh, Baldrick's holding in the background. But uh, yeah, so let me let me educate you. Um, so basically, our good Queen Guinevere holds her trials for her knights every year, and this is uh, our chance to. Uh, you know, show what we're made of and serve on her guard for the year, if that's so our desire. You know, there's a lot of uh, rules to this thing. They're they're calling it romance now. You know, like it's all the rage in France. Have you heard of romance, sir? Only what I've heard from my lord. But I do think I favor the style and ideas of it. Quite intriguing to me. Oh, so you're aware of the rules of courtly romance then? Yes. He is lying, by the way. Okay. Um, check your deceitful. Uh, he feels very embarrassed. So I think he's trying to damage control by lying. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, what? Wait, actually, what is your your honesty trait? Sixteen. So this is a uh, notable trait. So you, if you want to lie, you have to roll against it because you are like known, like through like the entire region for being super honest. Yeah, he's probably like I cannot tell a lie. So he probably would actually just like he'd be like, even if he did say that, he'd probably be like he he would admit that he had. Uh, let, so, let's let's roll to see okay. um like which where you fall. Okay. So roll your uh honesty first. Uh that's a fail. 18 out of 17. 18 out of 16, sorry. All right, uh roll your deceitful. Uh that's a 20 on a four. Oh, so <laughs> this is this is a fun part of the system. You failed your um honesty, so you bring it over to the right hand to um uh, test your deceitful. You botch your deceitful, which uh, automatically succeeds on your other side so check your honesty <laughs> and you act you probably do exactly what you said where like you probably lie and then caught yourself and then i'm just like sir amran this is not true i know nothing of romance well my lad you you come to uh the right place sir well we'll see if uh Gawain and i can get you kind of tutored up before this contest starts. So uh, between the two of them, they kind of like explain the rules of romance, or at least like the current version of it. Cause Sram is like, I hear she's working on an even more complicated one, but this is what we have now. So I'll, I'll just uh, read over these real quick. Number one, a lover will avoid greed and will be generous. Number two, a lover will keep himself chaste for the sake of her whom she loves whom he loves a lover will not knowingly strive to break up a correct love affair that someone else is engaged in number four a lover will not choose for his love anyone who a natural sense of shame forbids him to marry number five a lover will avoid falsehood number six a lover will not tell many about his love affair that's a fun one won't tell many number seven a lover will be completely obedient to his lady Number eight, a lover will always work in the service of love. Number nine, a lover will always be modest. Number 10, a lover will speak no evil. 11, a lover will not reveal others' love affairs, plural. Others, apostrophe, love affairs, also plural. 12, a lover will be polite and courteous at all times. And 13, a lover will never exceed the desires of his lover. So... You know, in a, in a few minutes before um, the queen and her entourage are about to show up, they, they kind of school you in love. So um, you can actually check your romance for your quick schooling. Yeah, Golestin is like, I think love and romance is pretty cool. So there's like a lot of rules to it, though. <laughs> Sounds hard, but I like the idea. All right, so the queen, Guinevere, appears in all her radiant glory. So this is the first time that uh, Sir Golestan is seeing Our Lady the Queen. So let's see how she, how he feels about her. All right, can you give me a lustful roll with a plus 10 modifier? That is a 14 on a 7. So that's a big fail for me. So actually, um, with a plus 10 plus 10 to your lustful, that would be a 14 out of 17, which is a pass. So upon seeing Guinevere, uh, first check your lustful. And uh, this is kind of how you feel about her, according to the book. 
You would want her if such an admission were likely to be fruitful, but of course it isn't. After all, she is the king's wife. Gain a passion of Amor Guinevere equal to 3d6. So you're kind of taken by her. She is that beautiful. She is like the gold standard of the time. So if you could roll me 3d6 and add yet another new passion. 12. He's quite taken by her. Hey, you like her, right? You like her as much as you like King Arthur. So um, Guinevere is G-U-E-N-E-V-E-R. Now, typically, you could only have one Amor passion. However, Guinevere is the exception to the rule because she's just that beautiful. And even men who are perfectly married will be like, oh, yeah, of course, she's, that's the queen. Uh, yeah, of course, if that were possible. But the book's fun. Like, if you would have, like, critted or fumbled, like, you could have been, like, suspicious or, like, super into her to the point you act super awkward every time she's around. That's really cool. I like that um, that she can kind of be like your extra amour passion because like no matter who you love, like chances are like you're still going to be pretty taken by her too. She's like the the most beautiful lady or whatever. So I think that's like wicked cool. So she's super graceful as she um, dismounts her uh, palfrey and she's attended by a bunch of ladies um, in waiting and handmaidens who get her seated underneath the, uh, like the pavilion, um, like cheated area that um, has been set up. And, you know, she's, she's looking smoking at this point. She has beautiful blonde hair, like ample hourglass figure. She's, you could see what Arthur sees in her. She, at this point um, states that uh, the contest this year for admission into the queen's Knights will be falconry. So run along. You have uh, 30 minutes to procure your boards and meet back here. And she dismisses you. Oh, boy. Not my strong suit. Yeah, I just uh, try to ready myself. It's just like something that uh, I have a very low. Well, I have base skill in falconry, actually. So it might even be likely that I've never done it. You probably saw Sir Gregor do it, but that's probably about it. And he's uh, trying to talk himself up. He's like... How hard could it be, eh, Baldrick? Uh, quite difficult, sir, if you don't have a bird. Ah, indeed. I didn't think of that. Uh, so I guess, like, I have to uh, sit this one out, then. Uh, you could purchase one if you had the funds, sir, or perhaps borrow one if you have friends among the knights. I'm going to um, kind of, like, slowly approach Sir Amran and uh, be like, so falconry oh yes it's quite exciting are you ready for the engagement sir i must admit i did not bring a bird to these lands during my travel i must admit i do not have a bird at all oh say no more and he he gestures for his bird boy who comes up um he has like this little it looks like a pallet of wood with suspenders with like birds seated and perched all around him and he's like please take your pick and there's like he has like a um like a a peregrine falcon there's uh, a couple other birds there's um like these little sparrow hawks that you might um, recognize there's like a a, a ghost hawk um on there he's like please take your pick 
Golston will be like, ah, this one looks suitable. And uh, he goes to reach for it and it just starts like scratching the, the hell out of him. And uh, he's just like, ah. Oh, perhaps that one's a bit more spirited than you're ready for. Perhaps uh, one of these. And he gestures to a couple of the smaller birds. Uh, absolutely. So which one are you going to grab? We have a peregrine falcon, which kind of try to scratch the shit out of you. There is a merlin. There's a ghost hawk and a sparrow hawk. I take the sparrow hawk. Yeah, it's a, it's a little guy. And I, I give a look to uh, Amron like I definitely know what I'm doing. And I'm just like, uh, again, thank you, sir. Absolutely. I, I always um, strive to help a fellow knight in need. And it warms my heart to um, continue to help you. Uh, I'm you're sure most you, honorable. I'm sure you would do the same for me. Indeed, I will. And if there's anything that you require, please do not hesitate to ask me. He smiles and nods as you're like putting on this like weird glove that the bird boy handed to you and it's like kind of perching on your arm and like you're kind of just like standing there getting trying to get comfortable with the bird it's probably the first time you've done this yeah it, it, it is for sure so uh you got this uh sparrow hawk perched on your arm and uh at this point uh guinevere um reconvenes uh, the knights and ladies a few of them like kind of failed to return with um birds and either they couldn't find a bird or decided that this wasn't for them or didn't want to embarrass themselves but there's a smaller crowd than there was earlier but queen guinevere is getting a little impatient and she just wants to start so she's gonna start it now my good sirs uh before we begin with our uh, test of skill i must first test your knowledge of courtly affairs See, I've compiled a list of questions from my ladies-in-waiting, and, you know, some of them's been submitted anonymously from various courts of love held throughout the area. And she goes around asking different questions about different um, subjects, and eventually she gets to you. And Sir Galston, the queen, is talking to you. She's directing you uh, herself, directly speaking to you. How do you feel about that? Uh, 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 he's definitely like, um, very nervous. There's probably like a, quite a bit of sweat that can just be seen starting to form on his, on his, uh, forehead. And he's, um, almost like choked up. Like he, uh, he's nervous and he doesn't know like what he's going to say. He doesn't know what she's going to ask, but he is so afraid of messing up right now because he's like, I don't know if I can go on living if I make a fool of myself in front of probably the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. Plus you got this weird bird on your arm and she's like going with the questions while you have this bird on you. So that's kind of awkward. Yeah. It's super awkward. And uh, me and this bird are still probably not like bonding as well as I would have hoped. So she asked um, the first question of you. She asked through feats of arms, may a base born man ennoble himself. Yes, he can. My lady. Anything else, Sir Knight? Any explanation? By feats of arms, a simple and common man can occasionally rise above his peers and prove his worthiness. Sometimes, and he's just like really just, really just fucking searching within himself to uh, 
try to just say something that might sound like passable. Would you like to make an orate skill check? Yes. Nope, 13 on a three. She goes, hmm, and kind of um, skips over to the next person and asks more questions. Eventually, some more time passes and she gets back to you and asks her second question of you. Sir Knight, how much grain can you take from a conquered peasant before losing your honor? Goliston, searching deep within himself, is going to say, Aha! Trick question! It is wrong to take any amount of grain from... And he's just going to like kind of go on like thinking that uh, maybe he's stumbled upon the, uh, upon the, the trick answer. Uh, and he's just like beat red right now. Um, just sweating profusely, just kind of like looking around to make sure that uh, nobody's like laughing at him and stuff. I mean, you're getting a few weird looks, but um, I mean, you're not doing the worst out of anyone here. So she's like, hmm, and continues around. You have the feeling that you're so far failing to impress the queen of love. Yeah, I should have brushed up a little more, maybe. So she continues um, around and eventually gets back to you with a third question. (sighs) Sir Knight, and at this point you can tell she's kind of bored um, with you specifically and the questions in generally, but then like a smile kind of creeps across her face. Your lord allows for your marriage to a noble lady and honors you further by attending your wedding. Your king stops by your table during his progress, and you seat him at the head position of your table. Of course you would. Does your hospitality, therefore, extend to giving your marriage bed to your king on your wedding night? Golston, uh, being a pretty chaste person, is uh, kind of just like uncomfortable even approaching the subject. <laughs> and you'll see he kind of like pulls at the collar of his shirt, and he's just like, well, I, well, you have, one's you wedding any- night, uh. Do you have any uh, particularly high passions or traits that kind of fit this? Like, how do you feel about hospitality or homage, Arthur, or like love family or a more Guinevere even? So hospitality, is that generous? Hospitality is a passion. Oh, that's a passion. Gotcha. So my passion for hospitality is like 17 and... um, yeah, my my homage to Arthur is pretty big too. So I think uh, Goldston, after like choking down his embarrassment and just like not really like he's like you know he, he's like I don't want to talk about sex, but he'll eventually just be like maybe anything um, for my king, you know? Maybe um, we'll we'll do a role either hospitality or homage Arthur versus your chase trait. Okay, I'll roll my hospitality versus my uh, chase. Okay. That's a fail on hospitality. Let me, let's see what we get with the chase. And that's a pass on chaste. So first off, check chaste. Um, So I think like because of your high hospitality and homage, Arthur, you initially had that thought of, yeah, of course I'd let my king use my bed for the night. But then there's like, wait a second, it's my wedding night. So I think your, your chase would, uh, went over so how does that influence your answer uh he's like still just like very uncomfortable talking about it but he's like you see one's wedding night is a very special occasion not really the type of thing that you can share with another person it's a quite sacred a a custom uh even 
beyond some of the loyalties that we hold as men and as honorable men. And he's just like trying to uh, explain as best he can how he would not be down with it. Sure. And you get some like approving nods from some of your fellow knights, like that they're on your side for this one. And you get this like wild smile going across Guinevere's face. Like she's at least entertained by this question. And she goes, hmm. And there's a little bit more mirth in her laugh this time. And she goes on to the next person. Eventually, the questioning is um, ended, and she indicates that it is time for the falconry contest to finally begin. And like the entire time, your bird's been like pecking at your arm and just walking around, and your arm's getting tired from holding it up. And you're just like so glad it just didn't decide to bolt or like scratch at the queen or something. But it's finally just um, time to show what skill you have. Uh, with falconry so you know a few uh uh small game birds are released into the air and one by one you're sensed to uh test your skills so can you give me a falconry roll with no modifiers i rolled a one my falconry is three lucky bird so um you you you're probably watching a few of the other knights as they do it and yeah, it must be a lucky bird or something because you kind of lift your arm and set it off and it goes back and yeah, clips the wing of the dug and, and brings it back. It doesn't do anything fancy or flourishable, but it returned the prize to you and like hop back up on your arm and it's kind of like looking at you with its head cock, like waiting for something. And uh, yeah, I, I give it like a, I don't know, like if there's like seeds or, or whatever you do to reward a... Uh... Probably a bit of meat. A bit of meat. Yeah, I, I, I uh, Baldrick, quick, fetch that meat. Yeah, he right away, my lord, and he goes and finds some meat in your uh, saddle pack and proffers it to you, and you feed the bird and stroke its head a few times, and you're you're feeling pretty good about yourself. Make sure you check your falconry. Good boy. Speaking to the to the bird, not to Baldrick. Oh, <laughs> so um, despite your uh mediocre performance at falconry uh you are not chosen as a one of the queen's knights for this year but you know at least you tried so you, you return the board bird to uh sir amaran who uh you know he's like well you got a little bit to learn uh young man but uh you know we'll make a chivalric knight out of you yet i'm gonna like uh when i give my bird back to amaran i'm gonna thank him again just so he knows that uh you know, I don't take lightly all the uh, favors and generous things he's done for me. Think nothing of it. I hope to see you again next year. Absolutely. And I'll be brushing up on my, I'll be brushing up on romance, the courtly ways, and of course, my falconry and other skills. I know you will, my lad. And uh, you depart, um, you're with uh, Sir Gregor um, on his enormous now train because now it's two full knights with squires and several horses each and you even have a like old fellas following uh, at the rear and baldrick's riding around leading the rest of your horses behind them as they're tied up and you're heading back into cambria and you know sir gregor looks proud as all punch to you know have a a sh- uh, like such a chivalric um, knight such as you on his household and you know you're talking and he's like oh that kind of stinks you uh didn't make the queen's knights but it's you know it's not an easy thing to do so 
he's not ashamed of you or anything. At least you tried out and you, from all reports, gave, you know, decent answers to some of the questions, at least. And at the very least, you amused the queen. Well, I'm glad I was able to at least do that. Sir Gregor, I admit I have a lot to learn. Yeah, and there's plenty of time, my boy. Or my young knight. And he kind of smiles. And um, as you're like walk uh, riding away from Cam- um, Camelot, uh, you're probably in like your full harness and everything. Because like at this point is when you show in, you're still showing off. You ride a few hours out of Camelot and one of the crossroads um, going west, you notice that there is a pavilion um, perched right at the crossroads. And you see a few fine war horses there as well. And you see there is a man astride uh, one of the um, brilliant chargers, and you can take a look at his heraldry if you like. Yeah, I definitely look. Do I make a heraldry roll? Yes, please. No, that's a 14 on a 5. Well, luckily, this knight's glory uh, extends um, high enough for you to make it. You recognize a purple field with a gold double-headed eagle on it with a uh, horizontal green bar across it. So you probably don't, you never met him before, but his arms look very similar to Sir Gawain's. And he is in the middle of the road, basically, uh, lance in hand. And he salutes the two of you. And he's completely like armored up at this point. And he opens his um, little visor and says, You, I challenge you to um, for a joust. I uh, I kind of like look look around nervously, and uh, he's. I'm afraid, but after like a moment of silence, I'm just going to remember all that has happened, and I'm going to proclaim, "I accept." Wonderful. Three passes on Lance. If you dehorse me, you you take your prize. If I dehorse you, I claim my prize. And he looks over at Sir Gregor's like. Sir Gregor, uh, as a knight of the round table, I am obliged to give you the road. But for this young man, he's already made his um, intentions known. And Sir Gregor kind of like shrugs and kind of trots with his horses um, forward and kind of like waits for you on the other side. And Baldrick's kind of like uh, scrambling around, handing you up your helmet and your lance and like you kind of like get off the road a little bit and get into the field next to it to do some passes. So do you feel uh, particularly passionate at all? Not it's a, it's kind of more just like a matter of a, he's new to being a knight, and admittedly he's like very new to a lot of the customs of this. And he wants to honor somebody's request because he's a generous person. Well, your opponent is feeling quite passionate about it, and he's going to impassion. So you can, you kind of get that uh, feeling like your opponent's kind of trying to pump himself up a little bit. So he impassions himself. You can impassion if you want. I want to, yeah, I want to impassion over my um, my honor. It's my honor as a new knight. Yeah, that's uh, to defend it. Quite appropriate. So roll your honor. Nice twelve on a eighteen. All right, so you are feeling um, quite inspired um, with your honor, and you want to you want to uh, 
maybe impassion your spear expertise because that's what you'll probably be using. Yes. All right. He's going to do the same. Or well, he already impassioned and succeed. So you'll get a you'll each get a plus ten to it. So should I roll my uh spear expertise? Yes, please. And you have a plus ten to your skill. So that's a 10. My base skill for that was 15. So I guess plus 10. I don't really know how that would work. But uh Okay, so you're base... rolling out of 25. Yeah, your base skill is 15. Um so basically you 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 had five to get up to 20, and then once you get to 20, you kind of uh um subtract back. So you would crit on a um 10 or better. So you crit. Uh he also crit. So you kind of both um like hit each other in the first pass. So um because you both crit, can you just roll me a single d6? Four. Uh he rolled the same, but uh, I think your armor would absorb both of it. All right, uh second pass, roll again. Three on a fifteen, so that's a pass. But you're still impassioned, so you pat you would crit on a ten or more. So you got a three. You you got a regular pass. Uh he crit. So he's going to roll his horse damage. 26. What's your what's your armor? Uh so the for like I only have like listed my gambeson helm and shield, so that was eight points. But then um Yeah, you'd be a partial plate now. Okay, and then I know that um because of my like chivalry thing. Mm-hmm, that's another three. Another three points. Okay, so partial plate would be 14 points plus your three. Plus, you got another two because you actually made your rule. So you got your shield. So that's uh, so you got twelve points that carries over. What is your knockdown? Eighteen. All right. So it's not double knockdown, but it um, the total is um, still enough to make you need a horsemanship roll. That's a fail. Seventeen out of ten. And take an additional one point for the fall. So he. He actually manages to knock you off your horse and you fall. Um, so that would be 13 points of damage you take. What's your major wound? 16. Okay, so you don't have a major wound, but you're pretty banged up. You, um, uh, you're on the ground. And he's standing over you. He opens up his visor and he's grinning. And I tell him from, uh, because that, that honestly brought me down to like below half my total hit points. So I'm just yeah. like, Jousting's dangerous. I yield. <laughs> He's just kind of smiling, as you should. And then he kind of uh, reaches across, um, grabs the reins of your horse, and starts leading it away. And uh, yells, boy, his armor next. And your squire's kind of standing there looking shocked and dumbfounded. Shit. I thought he was going to take one thing. Well, Are you doing anything about that? Well, this is embarrassing, but I did agree to the terms. Uh, so, I mean, I, I feel like he gets to keep my horse now, as much as that sucks. I don't know what I can really do about it. I'm not going to. He's asking your squire to help you out of your armor as well. I'm gonna, I, I am going to say, ah, but sir, you said to name your prize. You picked the horse. Isn't that surely enough? You agree? Yeah, he looked, he'll look at you and you see like a flash of like rage in his eyes. Like, this is my prize. I claim it all. Well, this is embarrassing to go the entire way home without the stuff that I. Oh, shit. What was your prophecy? That I would lose. Ah, uh, shit. That I would lose. 
You would lose everything. That I would lose everything. And uh, he's going to like, he's going to like uh, almost speak up to argue. And then he's just like, oh, it was right. Very well, sir. There's fair. And uh, you'll see he just uh, like with just like a very like kind of like a mean look in his face. He's going to uh, try to stand himself up as best he can. And uh, when Baldrick goes to help him take the armor off, he shoes him away. He'll take it off himself. And uh, he goes ahead and he begins to take it off, just giving him a, a nasty snarl as he does it. So you kind of like leave your armor and, a, and your uh, brown charger at, at the pavilion and kind of like remount on the palfrey you're on and probably eating quite a bit of humble pie at this point after being dehorsed by uh, the knight. Yeah, he's just been bested in the in the worst way just been completely humiliated by being stripped of all of his important belongings essentially i mean he didn't take your sword or spear or anything but right but it's more so that the things that he took were like gestures that were like recently given to him and they're just like kind of like the signs of his of his station and uh he, I guess he's just like a bit naive because he didn't think it was going to be this way. He thought that he might lose the horse, and uh, but he was hoping he wouldn't. But he was like, you know, if I lose the horse, um, I lose the horse. I, I can uh, hope to someday get another horse is fine, but uh, losing the armor was just quite quite the blow. I think uh, he just like um, he it's like almost like he walked right into it though because he didn't. It wasn't clarified. It was just pick your prize. And his prize was the horse and the armor. And, uh, you know, as much as he hates it, it's not necessarily unfair. And he he was beaten. So now he just kind of has to swallow that. And uh, just, yeah, he's just full of embarrassment right now. As uh, he just like, and he's like kind of looking back like longingly at the, the beautiful horse he's riding away from. And that just, shining glorious new armor um as you're remounted and get on your way again um sir gregor's like he's looking down he shakes his head he's like well he was entitled to it he did um unhorse you and you would have gotten the same prize from him if you would have won indeed sir things can be replaced it's just my my honor is that's hurt a little bit and baldrick kind of speaks up is like who was that he asked to you so i think that like even though i didn't pass my recognize like his reputation kind of superseded that so i might know right you did pass the uh heraldry role and assuming that that man belonged to those arms you would know that that would be sir aggravain of orkney uh baldrick that is sir aggravain uh Quite notable man. I should have considered accepting his challenge a little bit more. I think my newfound station has gone to my head a little bit. I think Goliston like chatters away at Baldrick like whenever he can, really. Yeah. And Baldrick's kind of just like nodding along with it. And I mean, to give you a little perspective, uh, the notable traits for Aggravain are cruel, arbitrary, and suspicious and proud. Oh, wow. And he is known as the Knight of the Hard Hand. 
So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely kind of like talk to Baldrick a bit about his reputation and just like how he's clearly uh earned those uh earned those descriptions uh, as we've just seen. He is uh unflinching in his willingness to mete out um his own brand of rough justice um in contrast to his more heroic older brother Gawain. He has earned an, a reputation for malice and duplicity. He is cagey, observant, and fiercely loyal to his kin. It's kind of one of those situations where even though he was bested and just like made a fool of by this guy, he can't help but think that he's pretty damn cool uh, just for like his attitude and his skill, first of all. So like, even though he's been bested really hard, it's like almost like a... It just kind of like makes him think he's like even cooler. He's just like, man, that guy's so badass. And with the uh, recognition of the badassery of Sir Agravane and your humbling on the proving ground of knighthood, you, Sir Gregor, your new squire, Baldrick, and the massive train of Sir Gregor's entourage continue west to Cambria for whatever adventures might await you for the next coming year. Want to find out more about the story? Join our Discord channel. The link is in the description.